Welcome to Talking Far, Far Away. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. You are not a Jedi yet. Join Brick City Blockade as we discuss the canon of a galaxy far, far away. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Hey, guys, what's going on? Welcome back to Talking Fire Fire Away. It's episode 21 here on the show. And we got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about this week on the show, Mr. Scott Inch. I think we had a comic book release, which I know we're going to have plenty to discuss. We have an upcoming show, which we will tease here. And we also have, of course, as always, some drama in the Star Wars universe that Scott and I are going to break down. And we're going to get right into it. Scott, a little bit of a comic release came out this past week. And I think it's important to talk about it because a lot of people heard our review of the first one, of course, we're talking about Marvel's Star Wars Darth Vader, the reissue of his story here. But it's it's curious. I'm going to be curious to hear your thoughts on this because there was some interesting backstory here to, you know, and as we go on here, it seems like we're learning more and more about Vader's journey coming off of Re- Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, he's, he's still, like halfway through this comic and I'm going to start off and say I am listening uh, if you catch the title of the episode <laughs> um, yeah he basically like throughout this comic he's kind of like becoming more in tune with the dark side he doesn't care you can see him struggle in a wee bit so he's still not in complete control but he's, he's becoming more and more angry and I mean, we still get that kind of Anakin, like, where he shoots through. Mm. Uh, they kind of call more era X-Wings, if you could say it like that, mm-hmm. um, towards the Clone Troopers, and it's just, that's Anakin, but it's also Vader, and he doesn't take, take a scratch. This is the Vader that we want to see more of, like, the ones where he just, like, rips people apart, and yeah. it's so good, and... and um, there are a wee bit hiccups here and there. I mean, <laughs> before we came on there, I was saying about the the artwork and the Vader artwork. Um, of the way the Vader looks, he just looks a bit not quite right. That's just my impression of the, the Vader comic. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and I think fans can. I, I've talked to a couple of fans ever since our last episode, including Sean, and he totally agreed too. There are some parts when you're reading this comic and you're looking at the illustration of Vader, and it's not to get on the artist because I know that they put their time and I know they put their effort in their own unique style into it. But sometimes, sometimes when it comes to these illustrations, you do have to critique them because there is an accuracy you do have to follow with Vader. There's a certain look that Vader has. And at times, I'm getting a little too too much comic feel to it. Like, not, not like comic book, but more like comic shows, like SpongeBob SquarePants and all these <laughs> other, like, real kids' comics. I'm getting too much of a harsh, very strict line look to Vader. And he's more, and I can't believe I'm saying this for a Sith Lord, but he's more of a free-flowing artistic design, you know, in terms of the cape and in terms of his lightsaber. When we see him in A New Hope, I mean, of course, he's a little stiff at times, 
but sometimes his arm movements, I mean, they're a little bit more swift looking and stuff. And, and it's interesting to see how that will play out, Scott. And I'm glad you bring that up because a lot of people have been talking about the artwork piece. And I think that there's a lot here when it comes to that. Yeah, I mean, they, they've got the, I feel they've got the, the artwork of the clone trippers down. And I do love the fact that there is a, there is a kind of hint that we already knew about. Um, Rick said it, said it in season two. Um, how the clone troopers are pretty much wasted to one side after the clone wars, and you get to you get to see the clone troopers actually say that that the Camino uh, clone facility has been stopped, the the last batch of clones are being trained, and you can see that they're just kind of like the emperor's trying to sweep away everything that basically the emperor was responsible for the entire clone wars mm-hmm. war, so he's trying to sweep away the the problems that he did because of this new empire and actually have loyal, as we find out in the Star Wars uh, in the Empire era, as it was just regular people who supported the empire that he wanted, people that were loyal to him because as Rex had in season two, he had the chip in his head that he managed to uh-huh. uh, take out um, and you find well that the Emperor was not who he was and so it was nice to have that kind of kind of be tied into what would happen to Rebels and also the droid in this is very much <laughs> got, got a smart tone um, it seems to be that and we're getting more and more of the droids having an attitude the Afro droids uh, the, her comic Triple uh, Zero and uh, the, I can't remember the R2 oh, yeah, um, yeah. they've got an attitude uh, you've got the droids and rebels, Chopper. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So you, yeah, and uh, the classes, three PO and R two D two. So it's nice to see that the droids are kind of still getting their the attitude on. When Vader's ask him, do um, when he's asking Vader, do you want me to do this? And Vader's like, I don't care, kind of attitude. And he's like, <laughs> well, you have to be specific because I can't just do this or this. You have to be specific. Or it's quite funny how he's just like, give me a two option here, man. Yeah, it's it's true, and I think that they're doing a really good job. Whether it's, I I just have to say, in the canon alone, they're doing a nice job of inserting humor into the right places. We saw it with Rogue One with K two S O. There was a nice insert of humor in certain places, and you know what? C three P O and R two D two did that from the start early on when you were talking about George Lucas's Star Wars. So I think they're trying to keep that tradition going because they know that the fans love that in their content and they know that it kind of propels it forward in some ways. And you, you brought it up, and I think it's great because, of course, we saw it in Rogue One. We saw Vader say, don't choke on your aspirations, Director Krennic. But we do kind of get the sense in this comic where he does have that little bit of snarkiness. <laughs> he does have a little bit. Like there's, there's hidden humor within him there. And I think that's, again, you brought it up earlier, the, that there's still Anakin within that. He still hasn't fully transformed into Vader, even up until Rogue One. And it's really cool to see that play out here. And I'm glad you brought that up because I, I know we've had a lot of fans talking about, you know, in Star Wars and everything. And I think a comic book has to do that. I don't know your thoughts on that, Scott. But I think no matter what type of content you're getting fans, there does always have to be a little tweak of humor somewhere to keep you moving with the uh, storyline. 
Yeah, I mean, and then they call out even DC, Marvel, Image, uh, Boom, whatever studio it is, yeah, that does all the comics for all these great lines that are out there. You have to have humour. I mean, a lot of comics are pretty dark. Um, Preacher's one of them. Um, oh. The Walking Dead, Sandman, these are dark comics, but they do have a bit of humour. I mean, the Sandman has got a I know this is weird not talking, but it's got a, a rapist, serial uh, rapist uh, convention. That's funny, but it's not. But yeah, actually like that. It's quite dark as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's got to be a bit of humour there. Um, but yeah, even um, but the ones I go back on your point. I don't want to see Vader do too many jokes. I agree. Um, it it t- kind of takes away the Vader we know and love. Um, I mean, Anna can fill a few jokes in the Clone Well, I'm going to say the Clone Wars TV series, not so much in the prequels. He was more a whiny kid, but that's a different story <laughs> altogether. Um, Jim agrees with you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he will not watch uh, the Clone, uh, any of the prequels by the sounds of it. Um, so, yeah, it just. I want Vader to be serious. I want him to be deadly. I want, he doesn't really speak too much in this comic no, at the start. Uh, but yeah, uh, keep Vader quiet, keep him not too jokey, but still menacing and dark. I mean, that's why he's the greatest villain in cinema history. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is the kind of character that they have to propel forward with. Again, I'm going to stem it back to Rogue One. I've done that a lot here. But the conclusion of that film, oh. that's the that's the Vader that we they need to keep marketing, and that's the Vader that they need to keep telling the story of because a lot happened in this comic book. You and I talked about it off air, Scott. You brought it up. That right, I'm, I'm going to throw it over to you because I want you to explain this. But there's a certain timeline that you feel this comic book fills in, and that leads right up to Rogue One and that menacing Vader that we feel. Yeah. Um, oh. When we were off here, I was talking about this the timeline of this comic. Um, and when I was thinking about it, this where it is and where it starts in issue one, and where Revenge Sith kind of shows Revenge on the Death Star, this, that, this actually works if you actually think about it. Because that, when he appears next to the Emperor, that's him coming back said they don't have to speak, but he, the Emperor, knows that Vader's completed the mission that he probably uh, assigned him. Because, to be fair, how long is that timeline really? I mean, how long did it take Obi-Wan to, to get to Tatooine? How long did it take Bail Organa to get to uh, Alderaan? It, oh. This could happen over a week. This comic could just be happening over a few days. Right. So, yeah, I just thinking about it past, few, past week, this comic, this film, it's only a five, six issue comic, but this actually fits in. I know on last time we were talking about the first issue, we were like, oh, this might contradict canon somewhere, but it doesn't, when you actually sit and think about it, it actually fits in to in that kind of short, tiny little period in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, and it makes sense for it to be a small issue release. If they do want to tell that story, if we've learned anything so far, anything from what Disney and Lucasfilm want to do here, they want to fill in the time gaps. They want to be able to fit the canon all together so that, again, when we get closer and closer to Episode 9, we know that everything has been filled in. 
including, of course, The Last Jedi coming out the end of this year. So it does make sense, and you bring it up, that they're going to start taking these little chunks of time, whether it's like two days or whether it takes a month um, in the Star Wars universe to fill that time. They're going to start doing it because, like we have on our website, we have the canon timeline. It makes sense to keep on that path and to keep it moving without any drama, which is which is the way that it should be. And speaking of drama, Scott, <laughs> speaking of drama, and this ain't no trip to the opera in any kind oh! of... <laughs> this ain't no trip to the opera. We have the Scottish uh, boys choir over on the other side of the pond. So thank you for showing up. Thank you for offering your voices tonight on Talking Far, Far Away. I um, appreciate that. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a boy's voice, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, man. Oh, man. I'm giving my jobs. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, there is a little bit of drama when it comes to out Scott over the last couple of episodes, I feel, and that's the Han Solo film. And we finally got a new director to take the helm of this thing. And what is his name? It's Ron Howard. Ah, Ron Howard. It is. <laughs> now, this could be curious to see how a man who can direct something like that can now take over the Han Solo film. But, Scott, I think you and I have been discussing this. I'm going to throw it over to you because it seems like there's been a lot more than what Star Wars podcasts and Star Wars news has been reporting a lot of stuff behind the scenes, not necessarily when it came to Lord Miller, but some of the other stuff that was happening that might be a little bit more concerning when it comes to this film. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to quote Mark Ellis on this. Um, he, he said a movie talk that this feels like a seven layer thing and we're only on part three of it, so yeah. there's more stuff to come. But the one thing, and I think you and I both spoke about it, was an action an action coach an acting coach for Alden Enric that's a bit concerning mm. um, the, the, the rumour or what's been reported I think it was EW or the Hollywood Reporter reported it was they seem to think he's not bringing what's needed to this role and that is worrying if they hired him back uh, we all knew, but even though it was officially announced last July, and I've been reported for weeks and weeks that Alden Enright was the actor to take over the role of Han Solo, it's a bit worrying to now say near end under production. Now, even though it's now been reported that they're doing reshoots plus added on stuff to to film till September now, which is starting to worry because maybe it's due next May, which I think is going to get pushed back. Maybe not, but it's it's looking like that, uh -huh. what I'm feeling. But yeah, I'm quite concerned the fact that they've had to bring an acting coach in at this late stage in the game. Yeah, an, an acting coach is somebody you bring in initially. If you are not sure about how an actor is going to do right off the bat, then you bring in an acting coach to kind of get the feels for what the set is like, what the tone is like, have them talk with the director, you know, about what you want your main character or your main actor, actress to pull out of the hat and to be able to convey in the film. And it is concerning because if Lord and Miller chose Alden Ehrenreich for the role of Han Solo, 
And suddenly Alden Ehrenreich comes out and says, well, you know, this is starting to sound like Jim Carrey a little bit. And this is starting to get a little bit Zoolander-like. Then it's like, okay, hold on a second. You're reporting that. And then weeks later, a new director comes on. And then they're saying, well, you know, we might need an acting coach to sit down with Alden and start talking about his role and how to, sorry to say it, when an acting coach comes on to something, start taking his role a little bit more seriously. Yeah. That, that is quite concerning in many ways. And I'm glad because it would be also concerning if it was like, no, we're going to bring an acting coach on to talk with all the actors. Then it's like, whoa, whoa, take a step back for a second. Whoa, I'm lucky. We're lucky that it's just Alden, that it's not the full house. But again, we don't know the true facts. We only get bits and pieces here, Scott. But it is concerning. And you and I have talked about it on multiple occasions here that it does have us questioning what direction do they go from here with what Lord and Miller has left. I felt the flesh, I mean, apparently there's also reports that he's actually, they've actually got footage that they can use. So bits that they haven't, I mean, the problem was they were, they were adding, they were doing ad lib to stuff, which wasn't, they weren't happy with. And Lawrence, Lawrence Kasdan wasn't happy with. He is the kind of guy that likes to stick to the script. And that's fair enough. He wrote it. It's his words. He wants you to use his words. Um, the only time they changed it was for Empire Stood Back. Um, when Leia says, I love you, and Han was like, I know, because he, know, he, he knew he wouldn't say, I love you back. <laughs> so you kind of get away with it, with that. And it's even mentioned in the How Star Wars Got to Be or something like that scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it, that's the problems that this movie's also been having. It's just really worrying. Um, but with someone like Ron Howard, he's an Oscar winning director. Um, I know I haven't seen a lot of his movies done recently, but I know he's, they've not been well received, not, not well received, but they haven't been also been like made a lot of money at the box office. Yeah. And that does concern me just a little bit. But I think he's a fantastic actor. Apollo 13, um, he did a great job in Happy Days now. He's acting. So he's been in the business for years, so he knows what he's doing. And that does also give me a bit more confidence in that area, that he, he knows how to bring the best out in actors. I mean, he's watching the greats like Kevin Bacon, Bill Paxton, and Tom Hanks. I mean, Tom Hanks. You can't get it better than Tom Hanks. So, yeah, he if he knows what to get out of actors. Also, there was this report that maybe Lawrence Casting was actually going to be, like, the one actually directing Explanation Marks, commas, uh, by, even though it was Ron Howard, but Lawrence Kasdan actually kind of hinting, like saying, Ron Howard said, how would you do this and Ron Howard executing it? Right. So. Yeah, you're right. And I, of course, <laughs> this will probably be the 20th time we've used the terms. We've seen in reports, but I'm going to use it again. Um, but we have seen in reports a lot of talk of, um, if, if Lawrence Kasdan was to try to direct this, you do have to de- deal with the Film Actors Guild, which, yeah. it, of course, has its strict laws about you know producers and directors leaving films that you do have to let the next person who comes in based on contract, based on whatever agree- agreement they have with the film company, 
that they do have to be the ones that have to direct it. But of course, we're talking about Disney. We're talking about Lucasfilm here. I'm sure Lawrence Kasdan would have quite a bit of say in what would happen overall. It, but it does have me questioning, you know, where do they go with spinoff films from here on out? Because Rogue One was a good format on what to do with somebody like Gareth Edwards. You know, Lawrence Kasdan and... Um, uh, who else was on that? Oh, the names are blanking on me about some of the other people that were working on Rogue One, but they had a lot of creative ability working with Disney and Lucasfilm um, in terms of producing that film. But in terms of these spinoff films and what they're going to do going forward, I'm going to be brutally honest. This is not a good first step. This is not a good first look if they're trying to do more and more spinoff films. And it, and it has us in the community, and it does have some fans concerned. But, of course, here at the Podcast Network, we try to keep a positive mindset, and we try to look forward. And I think no matter what happens, we're going to be in the theater seeing this film and critiquing it and doing what we do best, Scott. I think that's the, that's the overall message here. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're still going to buy our tickets. We're still going to be there on opening night, going to see this movie. And I think in the end, I mean... They've corrected the ship. They've, they've went in and looked at everything and they said, this is what we need to do to fix it. And they have. They've stepped in and, I mean, Kathleen, there are people out there siding with uh, Lord and Bill and there's people out there siding with Kathleen Kennedy, but she knew either way, whatever she did, it was going to be negative for her. But at the end of the day, she's got Disney, uh, Bob Iger, be on her saying, well, why, why are you not doing anything about it? You, this sort of thing. So she had to pretty much fix it. And even though it's not good press for them, but they are finding a way to fix it. And that's all they can do is just try their best to fix it. I don't think we'll hear much about it, about the Hansel movie at all in two weeks at D23. So I don't think we'll be hearing much. I think it's going to be more Last Jedi at the moment. Um, but as you're saying about the the spin-off films Robin I think the spin-off films coming forward I think moving away from the kind of prequel, the era between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope is to move away from that Mm -hmm. and maybe go pre-Phantom Menace or somewhere in between um, Return of the Jedi and uh, the Force Awakens because there is so much to play with 30 years it's all been touched on a bit by the Poe Dameron comic Bloodline Aftermath um, Lost Stars and um, oh I'm missing one The Shattered Empire no Shattered Empire yeah yeah and also with um, Battlefront 2 as well so there's there's still wide open stuff to do over there yeah there's a lot of character stories to talk about and just from reading Empire's End, I think you could you could almost make a full film out of Empire's End and everything that happened there. I think there's just so many great story progressions there and a lot of characters in that. So it'll be curious to see, Scott, what happens when it comes to the Han Solo film and where Star Wars goes heading forward in terms of spinoff films and really with the Han Solo project, what other news we're going to see come out about it. But up until that point, we do have something right around the corner another piece of canon that we're getting in the animated form which i think is a nice little touch it's a little show show called show it's a little show called forces of destiny and it focuses on 
the females of the Star Wars universe and some of their stories. Now, Scott, I'm going to have you tell us what specific characters they're going to be talking about and maybe some people you would also like to see show up in this series. Well, it's basically, like, it's got Jen, it's got Hera, it's got Sabine, and just by the trailer, you get to see Sabine interact again with Princess Leia. I'm looking forward to this. I'm, the animation style is quite like that of the 2003 Clone Wars. Mm. Um, it's kind of five minutes short, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to I, I'm a, I don't know what kind of ca- characters I want to see. I want to see how the first few episodes do before I get a feel of what characters we're going to get. But I, what I do love is the fact they've got uh, Felicity Jones coming back to voice Jim. We've got um, um, uh, um, oh, she's Ray. Who is she? Daisy oh, Ridley. Oh, yeah, she's coming back to voice Ray. Um, just all the female act. Unfortunately, we won't have Carrie Fisher back to voice Princess Leia. But we're getting as many as the female characters in the Star Wars universe coming back to voice these characters. And it's going to be great. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, July 3rd, we get our first tease on YouTube. And then on July 9th, here in the United States, on Disney XD, we're going to be seeing uh, the first, what seems to be the first full episode of uh, this new series, which is going to be great. Uh, the one thing that I've seen, Scott, I'm be curious to hear your opinion on this because I've seen a lot of fans talking about some other people that, that not necessarily that take the center focus on the series, but people that they would like to see show up because maybe they fit into the canon at this point. And I had a whole discussion on Facebook whether Forces of Destiny is going to be canon. And then, of course, Star Wars comes out with a tweet and says, yep, it's going to be all canon. So there goes that answer. Um, so... People have been bringing up, they'd like to see characters like Mon Mothma pop up at times, especially with Princess Leia and everything, but there seems to be maybe a relationship there because she's a senator, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, some people also said what would be really cool is if we see a little bit of like Asajj Ventress or something. I don't think it will happen, but I, I've seen people bring up that name a lot. And another one that I think would be cool is Zam Wessel which was kind of cool because that kind of fits around the Padme uh, area that fits around like a bounty hunter feel. Curious to hear your thoughts on that, but those are some of the names that some people are talking about. Yeah, Mon Moth is definitely one that I would like to see show up. Um, I would like it to be, I know they're doing one that's set on Endor, um, and I'd like to see one probably just take place just after all that. With mm. Bon Moth there, it kind of ties into the aftermath. Who knows if we get that or not. I, would, I, I, I don't know about a sad Ventress. <laughs> I know, that's a <laughs> That's a hard one yeah. um, because of Dark Disciple. I'm yeah. not going to say anything more than that, but that's, that's one... <laughs> Her story's kind of done, unless you go a wee bit back to see how she became Dooku's apprentice. You could go there, um, but the satisfactory one, I would, I would definitely, definitely leave at the moment. Um, the part of her Padme, 
I'd rather stay away from Padme at the moment <laughs> <laughs> as well because I just she was she was playing great like in um, the Cold Wars TV series, but I personally like to keep away from that just at the moment. Um, I know she, I know there is a, a shortage there, and I, that's going to be probably focusing on Padme, but I, I personally I'd rather move away from the Padme for a while. Um, just. I feel her story's just been done too much at the moment mm. compared to like the rest of the characters that we've got at the moment. I, the, Ahsoka, the Ahsoka one is the more one I want. Um, yeah. Because of what we really left off of Ahsoka in Rebel Season 2, and obviously we're getting a... And we've also got the Ahsoka book. I would like to see a wee bit more of that filled in with Ahsoka. Um there also has been this report come out as well about uh, the actor that voiced um, Anakin in the Clone Wars. Is it Matt? I've got Matt stuck with it, but I can't remember his last name. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, yeah. And uh, actually, it's time that they've came back together to voice something, and I don't know if it's for this or it's for something else. So I'd be, I'd be quite curious to see if... I would, I would love it if it was Rebels. But I don't think so. I think it's going to be tying into Forces of Destiny with this. Um, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but Forces of Destiny is just basically just about the female characters of Star Wars. That is correct, yeah. Yeah. I would love it to see it focus also on Leia with Luke. Yes. And fill in that gap after Return of the Jedi and how Luke... Oh, oh, I know we got Luke... <laughs> Not really much of Luke, but we know that Ben was born in the uh, Empire's End and Luke was there. But I would kind of like to see a bit more interaction with Luke there, a wee bit more of a kind of how did Luke feel kind of thing. Uh, something that doesn't affect the canon of Empire's End, but just a wee bit more to Luke can feel the force with Ben, if you know what I'm, if you know where I'm going with it. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I hadn't even thought about that up until this point, Scott, is that if we are going to talk about and show Princess Leia, obviously where we're kind of teased out in the teaser, you guys can head on over to BrickCityBlockade.com and read our article about it. But um, it, there is a section where Sabine is being handed, like the scouting, uh, I believe it's a scouting report um, from Leia. Um, and she says, thank you, Senator. And it seems like, we're going to get some younger Leia, like the younger Senator. But you're right. There, it would be kind of cool if we do look at the post-Return of the Jedi and we see, you know, obviously a much more experienced Leia in her discussions with Luke just after that. Luke, if he appears anywhere, I know you're the big Luke fan here, Scott, and Brian has hopped on the Luke bandwagon as well. If we do get an animated Luke, in Forces of Destiny, and it is in that format, I'm going to freak out because it'll be really the first time we've seen Luke in an animated form other than him running across the desert at the end of Rebels as a child seemed like. That, that Luke, be- Luke! Luke, Luke! <laughs> oh, man. Come get your tossed salad and scrambled eggs. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, but at the same time, I think it'd be very cool to see Luke in an animated form at the it, whether whatever time it is in the series. Yeah, uh, just to see Luke. Um, I'm just trying to get more Luke. Anything else, Luke? I feel like since 
uh, force awakens when they turn around and did his face there. But she seems to be constantly, Mark Hamill seems to be constantly doing for quite a long time right now. Um, and also Weapon of a Jedi and uh, Heir to the Empire. That's really it of the Luke and Shard Empire in the yeah. canon. That's it. Um, so personally, I would love more Luke. I would love to get, just to see him interact with Leia. We're not going to get it in, we'll probably get it in Last Jedi and that's it. Yeah. But to see an animated form, just to, because this is the time to start promoting Luke more with yep. um, Last Jedi coming up. You have to start putting him in uh, animation form. You have to start putting him in books because we need Luke. But it feels like we've been shipwrecked for two years and we've got everybody else, but where's Luke? We're so dried up with Luke. So yeah, um, I want I want Luke in this. I, I would be quite nice just to kind of have that kind of special connection connection these two have got. Wow, I, I I saw a very emotional Scott right there. He he was pleading for Luke. <laughs> a tear was rolling down his eye. It was actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, why we're talking about forces of destiny right now is because guess what, folks? Talking far, far away is going to have its own little spinoff. It's going to be talking forces. It's going to be a very cool little show following up each episode of Forces of Destiny from Star Wars on Disney Channel and YouTube. And we're going to talk about what happened in the episode, the things that we liked, things that we didn't like. And hopefully we'll be talking about an emotional reconnection with Luke in an animated form, Scott. So I'm really looking forward to that discussion. Very similar to Rebels Recap in some ways. Yes, and uh, hopefully Rebels Recap. It definitely will be coming back when season four comes back as well. And I'm looking forward to chatting with you, Brian, about the animated um, Forces of Destiny and just getting all our inputs and all our theories and excitements about this new series. Yeah, it's going to be really great, great, great discussion. So make sure you guys head on over to BrickCityBlockade.com and subscribe on iTunes for everything happening with our new show, Forces Follow-Up from BrickCityBlockade.com, talking far, far away. Well, Scott, I think it's that time of the show. It's a little thing we like to call... Plug time. Ah, it's called plug time. That's right. I almost forgot. I, and you know what? The Seattle Mariners are playing tonight, so I can't forget about that either. Because I think I had an appointment there uh, with another co-worker of mine. We both... Uh, uh, never mind. This is not going anywhere. But uh, at the same time... <laughs> Where can the good people find you across social media? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Scottish and on Twitter at Scottish85. And Robin, it's only three months away to come to America. So I three months. Believe it. I know, I know. I'm very excited. To, it's, it'll be, it's crawling up very, very slowly, but it's not getting here quick enough, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you can find me all over social media there. Awesome. You guys can get ready for Scott's Great American Vacation by using the hashtag Scott's, S-C-O-T-T-S, Great, G-R-E-A-T. And hopefully you can spell American uh, over on social media. You'll see plenty of stuff happening when it comes to that. Mr. Scott Inch coming to America. A lot of great stuff on the way. You guys can follow me over on Twitter at Mr. Vote Tweets. Make sure to head on over to Instagram. Follow me at the official vote. And please, please, oh, please. Make sure to check out BrickCityBlockade.com and subscribe on iTunes, rate and share everything happening here at the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network in the galaxy far, far away.
Thank you guys for listening to another awesome, epic episode of Talking Far, Far Away. And as we always say, we'll see you soon. May the force be with you. Always. Always.